Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Risotto. What is going on, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 94 of Rizzo cast. I'm Steven Risotto, and today we are joined by a very special guest. It is none other than a current coordinator for youth baseball and softball for the Minnesota Twins. It is Kobe Allen. Kobe joins the show. Kobe, what's going on? How you doing? Welcome. Oh, thanks, man. First of all, I have to say, hey, go R, go Reardon. You know, it's a pleasure to be on here with you, a fellow Reardon alumni, man. It means a lot. I'm proud of you, dude. Thank you. I'm pr- proud of you, too. Of course, uh, Kobe went. Kobe and I went to the same high school. That's what um, he's referring to there, and we take a lot of pride in that for sure, being a, a Reardon crusader down there in, uh, in San Francisco. I have something about that. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, oh, but I do want to ask you, how does that sound, man? Minnesota Twins. Has it sunk in yet that you're working for, for a big league organization? Uh, nah, it still hasn't sunk in with me because it's always been my dream to make it to the MLB like, since I started playing baseball. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And, like, you know, when you're growing up, people always tell you, like, oh, your career is going to end and you need to prepare for different paths in life. And, and always, the way I looked at school was if – Playing on the field doesn't work. Well, school is going to get me into the MLB. So that worked out too. So every day is a dream. I mean, I wake up excited. My team here is just unbelievable. Their support, they're like my second family. Um, and every day is a dream country, man. Especially when I'm in the office and I look out the window and I see a big league field, I'm like, ah, I still get butterflies, man. So your office is right against the field. Yeah, it's in left field. And so it looks over the whole, the whole stadium is pretty. Oh, wow. That is pretty awesome. And I know there's, there's so many people that would love to have that opportunity to work in a big league organization. How did that even happen? Like, how did that come about, come about, take me through some of the measures that it took to, uh, to land this job, uh, coordinator youth baseball, uh, and softball with the twins. Yeah. Well, it's first started off with some conversations about what, what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. my life after college. Um, as you know, I was working for an awesome trial ball program called the California Warriors. And when I got to work there, I got to meet all types of people, you know, scouts like D Brown and Jalal Leach and um, old GMs of the Giants, um, Bobby Evans. And I got to surround myself with people who were very knowledgeable about working in the MLB and how to get into it. And I also was blessed with friends like Jackson Smith and Marcus Chu, just awesome guys that know a bunch about the league and um one of my friends actually sent me some internships and was like hey if you're interested man in in getting in the MLB the first step is doing an internship and so I applied and I the reason why I applied for the Minnesota Twins one it was actually a diversity equity and inclusion one and I was like wow that's like really intriguing to me so I applied for it gave it my best effort and then a miracle happened and I, I got the chance to get hired and then I was working from home mobily actually virtually because of COVID and all that and then restrictions got lifted and I actually got to finish the second half of my internship in uh, Minnesota and I mean some things just went my right way like people always talk about how hard it is to to work in MLB because no one leaves and I got blessed with um, there was movement in the department that I'm in in community relations um, and spot opened up for me and I was able to prove myself and my 
hard work and effort gave me an opportunity to stay as a coordinator. So originally from the Bay Area, as I, as I mentioned, you know, West Coast kid, what is it like going out to, you know, kind of the Midwest? Because I, I mean, I'm looking at you right now, you're in a beanie, you're in a hoodie. Is it and I'm sitting here right now, I'm in a baseball hat, I'm in a short sleeve shirt, I'm in shorts. So is is the weather like, tell me about the the, the changes, I, I guess, including the weather. Oh, cold with a capital <laughs> C. It is cold. Like today, I think it didn't even get over zero. And when I woke wow. up, it was like negative 12, something like that. And oh, man, it is cold. But I've been, been trying to embrace it. Like um, a couple of friends at work, we go play ice hockey after work. And uh, I've just been trying to get in the elements. And the thing that keeps me going is all the kids out here, I mean, they just like, they still play baseball inside and get their work in. So I'm like, I can't, I can't be that like scared of the cold. All these kids are getting after it. So, yeah, but and, it, it, it's cold. And, and you're used to like cold being 45, you know, 45, yeah. 50, maybe. Um, and, you know, playing baseball in that weather is just, just seems so egregious and so intense. But um, I mean, we just saw football being played in that weather. So I mean, I guess, uh, I guess it has its, uh, its role. Uh, but I do want to get into your, uh, your gig here. I mean, coordinator of youth baseball slash softball. What is your role? What is kind of the, uh, the activities that you do as part of your job? Oh, that's a great question. So it's in the youth engagement department, also known as community relations. And specifically for my role is um, I work with Chelsea Pazone, who's the manager of all youth engagement for the twins. She's awesome. Um, and my role is to assist her in like events, clinics, stuff like that. So we plan all the RBI clinics, all the um, baseball clinics, summer clinics, and then we also create special events. We do different types of things. Like we have a special Olympics camp. Um, we have a, a Courage Candy camp for kids in wheelchairs. Uh, we have special events at the stadium, like um, high school leadership academy, and we do a whole bunch of other things like that. So we're just engaging with the community through baseball and softball to sum it up. I, I saw on your timeline that target field is hosting a winter clinic. Is that right? Cause that would, that seems just so awesome to be able to play on yeah. a big league field, just very casually. Tell us a little bit about that opportunity that you guys are offering. Yeah. So this is a new one. This is a new one we created. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's for RBI kids, which is reviving baseball in inner city. It's an awesome, um, it's an, awesome 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 concept and so we have a whole bunch of teams in the area of minneapolis and st paul and we wanted them to get winter training because it's so cold outside so we thought why not have sessions at our stadium and so they actually get to use our visiting clubhouse uh, batting cages to work on hitting on mondays and then on tuesdays is pitching and catching you know what it's free all free free. there you go that's the cherry on top and if it was like one or two degrees outside and I still had the option to go to target field, like I would, I would do it, you know? So all, all you guys in the Minnesota area listening or watching, I mean, go hit up this camp. I'm sure it's going to be this clinic. Is, I'm sure it's going to be really cool. Um, speaking of cool, you mentioned that the office was right outside overlooking the ballpark, all the cool things you've, you've done so far. And I know that, you know, the pandemic has kind of stalled maybe some of uh, what you're, uh, your your tallest height could be doing this job what is the coolest thing that you've done so far oh man 
I would say for me personally, like two things stick out for me that are the coolest. One is that through my through my internship and just being able to work with the twins, I got to meet Hall of Famer Rod Carew, and I got to sit with him while he signed baseballs, and he just we were just talking about who we thought his favorite hitters were and and stuff like that. And I mean, Hall of Famer right there, incredible, awesome moment. Uh, another awesome one was I was able to develop a relationship with Tony Oliva, who just became a Hall of Famer as well. And that means a lot to me because you never think in your life that you get to meet two Hall of Famers in one year. Mind blowing. And then um, besides that, just I would say my proudest moments were probably like Special Olympics camps. Um, it was four fields and everyone that attended was just so excited and happy to be playing baseball. And then it just makes you feel like, you know, like you belong in this job and like, this is why you do it. So moments like that. And Rod Carew, there, there's really not many hitters that are like Rod Carew in today's game. They're all kind of big power hitters and everybody in the lineup one through nine could hit 15 jacks in a year. And Rod Carew is definitely a guy who knows a thing or two about hitting. Um, and he does a lot on his timeline on, on Twitter to promote uh, diversity and inclusion. And this is something that you mentioned a little earlier on, uh, how that was kind of the original title of, of what you're doing. Uh, what does it mean to you to get involved in the community and in different communities and helping with helping promote inclusion uh, in diversity, especially in kind of today's era uh, where, you know, aspects like racial justice is, is highly important? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it means the world to me just because how baseball has impacted my life. Like, I, I feel like it's a really interpersonal sport. And like, if you don't have an uncle or a mom or, you know, like a big brother or sister that's gonna take you out to the ball field and train with you and, and, or take you to the game, like you'll never really fall in love with it. And I was blessed with the opportunity to have a dad and an uncle and a whole bunch of family members who love baseball. And I got to see that representation out on the field. And there's many kids out there that don't have that opportunity. and end up not falling in love with baseball and I feel like one of my purposes in life is to be that person to, to be like hey man like we can go out there or hey lady, we can go out there and play baseball like I want to be that connection so that's what it means to me absolutely and and I know the getting the younger generation into baseball um I know it's it's often looked at as like a sport that people say is boring and people say is is hard yes it's hard all sports are hard but they say it's boring and it's slow pace. And I guess the, the direction of baseball right now is it's playing kind of third fiddle to the NFL and to the NBA. And I guess, you know, it's cause a lot of, a lot of guys and a lot of, uh, a lot of guys and gals are only playing one sport. Like we're seeing specializations in sports and kids only playing football and kids only playing basketball and kids playing baseball year round. How do we get the younger generation engaged with baseball and kind of promoting baseball in a different way that will get them intrigued and to not think that it's some boring game that only smart people play. Yeah. I think, I think the trend of making baseball fun has been going up, you know, we have tons of players in the league right now that are hitting bombs and bat flipping and wearing a whole bunch of swag on the field. I think that helps. And then I think another way is just to let the kids like kids today express themselves and then to connect to them. I mean, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram. You know, they're on social media and I think the way we can make baseball fun I guess is by by showing that excitement that does exist in the game I mean 
there's nothing cooler than striking somebody out with bases loaded or getting a grand slam or stealing the bag. It's just the kids just have to see it and be exposed to it. But yes. So if you take someone 450 deep to like deep right, dead center, 450 dead center, are you flipping the bat? I, I think I'd pass out because I don't think I have a pop like that. But in a, in a different reality, oh, I'm flipping the bat. I'm firing up the crowd. I'm high-fiving everybody. I'm going like this. I'm going crazy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and the pitchers, would they have the right, you know, if they get a big punch out in a big situation, would they have the right to fist pump? Absolutely. Absolutely. So problem solved. Like, we just solved it. Now there should be no like random hit by pitches. We just solved it. Hey man, if you hit me, it's a free base. So I'm a, I'm a party like a rock star if I hit a home run. And then you're going to steal second. And then I'm going to steal third. And then my homie's going to knock me in. Exactly. <laughs> so the strat guys, unwritten rules. I mean, a lot of them are just like, they're really horrible. So, <laughs> uh, and also like generations today, I feel like they get their, their highlights and in, in like 30 second blasts, like we, we go on Twitter, we see a 30 second highlight Instagram, you know, 30 second highlight, uh, and, and players could drop bombs and throw a hundred miles an hour, but they struggle with like knowing what to do with the baseball, you know, in a, in a situation where runners are at the corners in less than two outs. So, you know, things like right. that have to be more explained and more coached and they can't be taught in 30 second blasts. So how important is, is it for you to kind of be important uh how important is is that i'm mixing up my words here i can't talk i'm thinking about the uh, the bat flip still how important is it for you to uh teach the game kind of the way that you were taught and being smart about it and making it understandable for all well i think what you said is why um, organizations like the twins having baseball clinics and softball clinics are extremely significant to the future of baseball because that gives kids the opportunity to learn about those situations in a fun atmosphere with other kids. Um, and the way I was taught was obviously through through word of mouth from my dad and, and, and just playing the game a whole bunch. But I think the thing that could increase maybe is is viewership. Like kids, if kids watch a lot of baseball, then they'll understand like cool plays, like how to backpick somebody or, you know, what to do in a, in a tight situation just from watching the game. So I hope parents encourage their kids to, to watch baseball because that's one really good way to, to understand situations. And in a lot of ways, I feel like it's not, it's more than just a sport. It's an art. Like the, the, everybody's moving on a play, you know, backing up bases and, you know, strategy when pitching. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting once you get the hang of it. Um, and, and I know that you have a lot of experience. You mentioned the California Warriors. You have a lot of experience with travel baseball and tournament teams. What makes that experience and that form of, of baseball so special? Uh, for me, it's for sure the brotherhood I created. I mean, my two best friends, we're, we all played travel together. I mean, we traveled, we stayed in the same hotel. We played hundreds of games of summer together. And it just, you create a bond that, that's just different than high school because, I mean, you're together all day, every day for a whole summer, just playing high competition, high intense games. So that's, that's why it was so intriguing to me. And that's why I had a lot of fun. 
is there ever is it, so the downside to that and there's a downside to it that people in baseball like kind of acknowledge is there ever such thing as too much baseball because I, I mean i mentioned earlier how all the older people that are associated with the game say well i played every sport growing up and these kids today are just playing baseball and it's every weekend and you know that i don't know how much injuries are related to it especially arm injuries but is is there anything to that claim that you know, maybe there's such thing as too much baseball every single weekend of the year? I think it can be looked at two ways. If you end up making millions of dollars, is it is it too much baseball? <laughs> but another another way to think about it is like when I was back home visiting, uh, my dad was like, I wish we would have took more weekends like go camping or, or go exploring instead of being like at a baseball tournament. So that, that plays into factor. But I don't know, and it's it's all relative. If I think it does play a factor, like California kids and, and Florida kids, they play all the time. So maybe that's why Midwest pitchers always tend to be more successful in longevity of a career. But if you're talking baseball skills, I mean, if you want to be really good, it's a sport you have to play all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a rhythm sport. Yeah, practice makes uh, practice makes perfect, uh, and. You're director of baseball operations for the California Warriors. So that means that you were evaluating a lot of talent at any given point. Um, like, okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you're like a scout, if you're a scout and you're looking for tools of a young baseball player, what would you be looking for? Oh, man. To be special <laughs> at one thing at least, or be elite at one thing, but – I mean, I, I got blessed to learn a lot from Noah Jackson, who um, currently coaches at Cal. And, I mean, I call him Super Scout because he's, he's just great at finding talent. But I'm just – if you want to be like – like let's say you go to Redina and you want to play D1 baseball, like you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, what are you, what are you going to be good at? What are you going to provide to, you know – what are you going to provide to Texas a and What are you going to provide to Vandy? What are you going to provide to UCLA? What are you going to provide to Cal? Are you going to be a hit for average guy? Are you going to be unbelievable at defense? Are you going to be unbelievable at pitching? Are you going to be a strike guy? Like be good at something and be the like extremely good at something. That's how you make it. And then to be a pro, you have to be just like the best of the best. And then you have to have that fifth tool of that um, longevity of career, you know? the being healthy and, and how do you identify because a lot of what you guys do with the with the twins is um building leadership and building different characteristics how do you teach that because i know for some kids it i guess it comes naturally like they're just kind of born leaders and they're they're born very social people who are willing to help others but how does one teach you know another young generation how to be a leader and how to be confident in themselves and how to have integrity and uh, other characteristics like that I mean, that's a great question. We try to implement that in, in everything we do here at the Twins, especially in our camps, clinics, and events. I'll give you three examples. Um, at our baseball camps, um, at the end, we try to get a kid to, you know, talk or speak up, say a joke or something, just to get that feeling of what it's like to talk in front of a crowd. Um, I'll give you another example. On Martin Luther King uh, Junior Day, we had a special baseball camp where we made art and we like traced our hands out and we talked about what being an um, outstanding leader is and what it is to have integrity and kids had the opportunity to 
you know, present their piece to their group and, and they all got to clap for each other. So that's another way. And then another thing we do is like the high school leadership Academy, we invite, um, we ask all the Minnesota coaches in twins territory. We ask them to send their um, two captains from their team, baseball and softball. And uh, they come to our stadium and we spend a whole day talking about character and leadership. And we partner with awesome organizations like Positive Coaching Alliance. Um, we bring people from our front office to talk on a panel. I mean, it's just great. So that's what we do on the daily. And, and having a positive leadership, I mean, you as a player, you, you know, playing in high school, playing in college, a positive outlook on it really does make a difference, right? Huge difference. And I'm not going to be the guy that says I always had the positive attitude. Like, no, I got humbled in college and that's how I am now. Like, I got humbled. I have, I have a joke for you. Uh, okay, so you that's mentioned it. that the kids, you know, like to say some jokes and you guys make them talk. I have a joke. Okay, so why does it take longer for a base runner to go from second to home than it is from first to second? Hmm. It's a tough one. Oh, man. It's because there's a short stop in the middle. <laughs> there you that's go. Good. So that's that's, that's my one joke. I had to drop that. I was thinking about it when you said you make them tell jokes and make them talk. I thought of that joke. So that's my only baseball joke. That's why. So there you go. <laughs> um, let's, let's segue here into something completely different because I just lost like every single listener here. Uh, <laughs> do you like the way the game is being played now? Like, I mean, there, there seems to be like a new approach at the plate. Guys are hitting for more power. The strikeout is kind of looked at as, you know, more or less of just another out. Um, pitchers are throwing harder than ever. Um, there's a new mindset with pitchers where they air it all out with, you know, over just a few innings where opposed to back in the day, they, they used to be complete game monsters. Now they're just going five innings. So do you like kind of that new trend in the game that we're seeing today? I will say I'm absolutely addicted to the new trend just because I have I have an understanding of how good these players are. Like every single year, MLB players get better. Like these guys are the best of the best. That's why people are throwing 101. That's why people are hitting 500 foot home runs. It's gonna keep getting exciting because the players are gonna keep getting better. There's just so much not like the coaches know so much and the players are so athletically capable of doing amazing things. That's why we see these trends today. And back in the day, like they didn't have the the training that we have today. So obviously the game is going to be different, you know? So mm. that's how I feel about it. Well, just imagine Rod Carew deadlifting a ton of weight. Like, I mean, it would be it's completely because like, mm -hmm. yeah, because they never, you know, the training is completely different as you mentioned. And like nutrition is different. They ate a whole lot different back then. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely a changed game. Um, are you a big, like stat guy and analytic guy? No, I'm not, not, not like, like in, not into that much depth about it. Like I can get into it, but yeah, not that big of a guy. I'm, I just, like, I'm, more, yeah. of a, I'm more of a character guy. Like when I think about players, more about what's inside. Mm-hmm. And what they provide in the clubhouse. Yeah. So I'm listening to you because it seems like um, 
there might be a little bit more in the tank. Is is this like your dream role right here, what you're doing now? Or, you know, maybe like a general manager one day, like what is in store for Kobe Allen? What is his dream job in baseball? Oh man. Uh, that's obviously playing, playing. I, I know <laughs> you want to play, but like, if you have to pick a dream job in baseball. Oh, I definitely don't want to play anymore. I'll tell you that. I'm not getting <laughs> hit off of 90% of the people in the MLB shoot probably the minors I wouldn't even get a hit but um ah man it's fine I always joke around and and say like oh I'm gonna be the president of an MLB team someday but in reality I I just want to make the world a better place through baseball and wherever that journey takes me that's that's the journey I'm on because when I go to sleep at night I wake up because of baseball and how much I love it and I really can't imagine my life without it so I'm just gonna ride the journey and and let it take me where it's going to take me. If it, if it wants me to go as high as possible, then let it be. If it wants me to go to Tokyo or Korea someday, then so be it. But I'm just making the world a better place through baseball. There you go. That's, that's awesome. And, and I do want to get into how you got into baseball. When, when do you remember getting into baseball? Do you, was it like really young? Was it kind of something you picked up a little bit later on? Tell me about your, your baseball journey and getting into it in, in the Bay area. Oh man, that's a great question. Well, I've always like been around baseball. Like there's pictures of me at home, like one years old with a glove bigger than me and, and a baseball. But the real reason, like I really like wanted to get good at baseball was because my brother was playing little league and I like being better than my brother at everything. And at that point I was like really into soccer. And then I went to his little league game and I was like, I could play this sport. Like I could be really good at this. And so my dad was like, all right. And he let me skip T-ball and play with my brother. And after that, I was hooked. I just, I just wanted to be better than him. <laughs> and I ended up being better than him. So it's kind of worth it. So is that still something that you guys talk about today? Like, Hey man, oh, I was better I than give, you. I give him the, the hardest of time. I always tell him if I was in his high school league, I would have been 800. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. WCAL is pretty tough. Um, and at what point did you decide, did you decide to like hang up the cleats and, uh, or, or was that something that just kind of happened? Oh man, that's a good question. Well, I really like playing soccer and basketball and I played all the sports and let's see basketball. I stopped playing cause my mom told me I need to pass and I was like, I get buckets. And then they were like, no, nah, this is not your sport. <laughs> so that was a wrap. Uh, Football, I got smacked freshman year, and I was like, I am never playing this again. So I stopped playing that. And then soccer was just – it just interfered with baseball season too much, uh, mm. and it wasn't too exciting. So, And I have to ask this because this is something that is still just a, a true folktale still at Reardon, or at least when I was at Reardon going to school at Reardon, they always talked about your ejection. Okay, and you have to tell the story about what happened. Everybody still talks about what happened when you got tossed out of that game. Do you remember oh, it? Oh, that's so, that's so, yeah, against SI. Yes, let's that's hear it. So, tell you got to tell the story. Okay, first off, my my two friends like make fun of me about this because the catcher is one of my like longest times friends. We played soccer together when we were like teeny little kids, and uh. He, let's say he was superior in strength to me and I was a freshman like just hitting 100 pounds zooming around and I didn't want to truck my friend like I didn't want to chuck him I, like I swear and 
he like pushed me like this and I went flying like 20 feet in the air and I hit the backstop and then the umpire just juiced me out the game he was like you're out of here and I was like what and there's little like there's video proof like I was like stopping and my boy just sent me and I have to live with that forever my friend Jackson Smith sends me the video all the time just to remind me how embarrassing I was and there's audio of that video too, right? With the with the broadcast call where it's like, and Kobe Allen goes flying. <laughs> yeah, I got sent. Uh, and then they just they, he guy like he like he went like this. He was like, <laughs> with the point first. Yeah. <laughs> so did you get suspended the next game? Because I know that's that's how it works now. Uh, no, they freed me because uh, Ramsey was complaining that I didn't do anything, and he was like, this 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 guy's like hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Ramsey, who has been on this podcast before, shout out, big shout out to him, who's still at it uh, all these years later, still still doing a good job with that program. So shout out to him. Um, Kobe, man, this was so much fun. We had a, a, a lot of fun talking and um, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Oh, thanks, man. Proud of you, dude. Seriously. And, and you guys, of course, could follow Kobe on Twitter at the underscore Kobe Allen, K-O-B-I-A-L-L-E-N. Um, and keep up with all the great things that he's doing with uh, the Minnesota Twins and their community uh, and, and with the, the baseball and softball department down there. And um, we will uh, check back. And you got to post the video too. That That's something that we want to see on your timeline very soon. Just so everybody could, you know, you post it. it. You got to find it. I'll post it. Or at least send it to me so I could have it forever. All right. I can make that happen. All right. Deal. Kobe, man, I appreciate you coming on. You guys could follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at RizzoCast. Um, we're getting closer to episode number 100. It's coming up. I'm planning on going all out with that. Don't know who is going to come on just yet, but it will be in the plans. It will be in the works pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it. Subscribe, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. And thank you guys for listening and have a great day.